Well, nuts. The Caps lost in overtime. Haven't heard that one before. We'll break down the whole game and why it happened, how it happened, here on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals. I am your host, as always, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Cool, and coming after another overtime loss, the third one of the season for your Washington Capitals. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer, guys, but you know what? Still, no losses in 60 minutes or less. How about that, eh? If there's Anything we can really be on a bright spot, how they lost to the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday night. But you know what? I'm I'm not too panicky about a loss like that. We'll explain why as we go along here on today's Locked On Capitals. We'll also talk about the rookie sitch in the district, more or less because of the fact that there's been a lot of discussion. We talked about it earlier this week with Samantha Pell and John Walton about Hendrick Slapier and or Connor McMichael. Now, obviously, both players did play in the game last night against the Detroit Red Wings, and we'll kind of dissect their performances, if you will, a little bit more. Also, we'll give up the night scores and list our cool caps of the night. A little bit tough tonight to give that up, but that's okay. We will certainly get to them as we go along here on Lockdown Caps here on this Thursday, October the 28th. As always, folks, I got to make sure I tell you, and say thank you very much for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today and every day, free and available on all platforms. Now, I I do have to get something out of the way. For those that listened yesterday, I pretty much said my piece about the Chicago Blackhawks report. And we also learned today, prior to puck drop of all the games, or today, yesterday, I feel like all the days are blending together at this point. We learned before the games yesterday that the John Doe decided to reveal himself. His name was Kyle Beach. Kyle Beach was a member of the Rockford Ice Hogs, was a black ace with the team, and he told his story on TSN last night with Rick Westhead. And first of all, Rick Westhead and Katie Strang, too, this past year, have done an amazing job reporting on uh, Rick, of, more importantly with this story, but Katie as well has also done her piece with The Athletic. Both have been absolutely marvelous this year with investigative sports journalism, and I think they should definitely be praised for their efforts. But Kyle was brave enough to give his side of the story and come out and say that he is the one, the John Doe one. We obviously do not know the identity of the kid up in Houghton, Michigan, but regardless, the fact that he was brave enough to come out on national television, mind you, to talk about his story emotionally as well, an emotionally driven story, I it's the bravest and most courageous thing I thing I've seen in quite some time. And I, I advise all of you that if something ever comes up, no matter what it is, if you know something, say something, because then there'll be less problems like this. And I hope that Kyle Beach is able to sleep better tonight because of all that has happened with all the people that have done the work to push this story and push this investigation further. So once again, a huge shout out to Kyle Beach and, and that in general, it was, it was tough. I did watch the, the Leafs and Hawks game last night, along with the Caps and Wings. I watched the game on my laptop. Two reasons. One, I was interested. I was interested to see how things were going to go. I was interested to see how the game was going to play. Um, 
play out. I wasn't sure how the fans were going to react. I wasn't quite sure how everything was going to turn out, how the fans were going to react. Pat Foley, I know, on the NBC Chicago feed, came out and opened the broadcast by um, giving a sincere, honest piece. And, of course, Pat Foley, this, this is his last season, guys, and I don't think he expected this to happen in his last year as the play-by-play, TV play-by-play man for the Chicago Blackhawks, handles himself so well. Um, I'm not going to get into Joel Quinville. I'm not on this program, mainly because of the fact that, unfortunately, I'm limited to half an hour, and we got to talk about the Caps and how they played last night. But long story short, disgraceful. That's the word I'm going to use for this one. The fact that the league and the Florida Panthers didn't do something about it, that they allowed him to coach last night against the Boston Bruins. I don't care if your team's undefeated. This is beyond hockey. Um, it's it's such, and the story's not over. Far from it, because obviously Quinville and Shevel they offer a meeting with Gary Bettman today. Obviously, they'll maybe I'll have more of that tomorrow. But regardless, it's it's shameful. And um, by the way, I do want to give a shout out here. I don't know if I'm technically supposed to, but I'm going to anyways. It's called Bring Hockey Back at Bring Hockey Back on Twitter. They are selling shirts that are dropping. Um, actually, they've already dropped. Selling shirts that are saying winning the cup isn't everything with the teal cross that is for um, support and awareness of sexual assault and the proceeds of the shirt sales, they are going towards rain, which is hope helping survivors of the national sexual assault. Um, they also are big parts of awareness for that. They have the National Sexual Assault Hotline on their Twitter account. So go check them out as well at rain. That's with two ends for rain. Proceeds from the Bring Hockey Back shirts. I'm going to get one here in just a little bit as soon as I make sure my credit card's paid off, but I'm going to certainly put forward the money to a good cause because this is something that, this is a conversation, like a lot of things in today's society, that we cannot stop going on there. So let's get to the hockey now. Let's get to the, I would say, the happy stuff, but for Washington last night, not so happy. They lose 3-2 to two in a game that, you know, it started off really well. And by start off, well, I mean the way the first period really ended. Because let's be honest, the shots early on, the Detroit Red Wings had a lot of good looks early. Had a lot of good net opportunities. Vanacek was tested. I mean, I, I still say this, guys. I know I give as much flack to Tyler Bertuzzi as anyone because of his vaccination status. But he's he played really well once again. Had a lot of, a lot of good looks early. But cap strike first. They get on the power play. Lars Eller's down below the goal line, and he decides, here's a scoring option. I'm going to fire a pass over to the weak side of the ice to a guy that's listed on the left wing side. Who could be over there? Alex Ovechkin. Now, granted, he was at the side of the net, but still, I mean, I, I joke about this. I really joke about this, guys. It's been 15, it's been 16 years now that he's been in this league, and no one thinks that he's not going to be standing there, and he's wide open every time. It took him a little bit more to get this one. He actually kind of fumbled it, but was able to roof it. His eighth of the season, the grade eight gets his eighth on the power play. It's one nothing. Good start. There you go. We move over to the second period. All of a sudden, they get another power play. That's Washington. Face off is to the left of Thomas Grice. Good face off win by T.J. Oshie. Connor Sheary gets in there, knocks it free. Kuznetsov just kind of sneaks one through the five hole of Thomas Grice. It's two nothing. All right. And the folks at Russian Machine Never Break say it's going to be a 12-0 game because at that point, 
They were out shooting the Red Wings. The Caps were, I believe, like 15-7, 15-8, something like that. It was They were starting to pick up the chances early in the second period. And then the Red Wings either played bunker down hockey or the Caps fell asleep, one or the other. In the second period, the Red Wings outshot Washington 7-4. to They were rewarded on a nice play by Philip Ronick. He gets left open on the weak side, was able to get Vanacek kind of caught out of his net. And then all of a sudden, he just, Vanacek's, like I said, way open. There's no one in front of the net. And wide open is Adam Ernie. He tips in his second goal of the season. And I literally said to myself, all right, let's, let's watch this playback. Because when you first, as a goaltender, Vanacek overcommitted, overcommitted hard. He thinks Ronick coming off the defense from a defenseman standpoint, he's taking that shot. Well, unfortunately, having seen Ronick playing Grand Rapids for a long time, he is not just a guy that will just shoot the puck as soon as he gets it. He's a, kind of a playmaker. He's got good skills, as he saw on this play. The two other things I see, I see Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Connor McMichael in the slot, allegedly covering Adam Ernie. I don't know what was happening here, but for some reason... <laughs> They both are standing still, both lose them in the slot. Ernie's in the crease and just tips it in barely, makes it a 2-1 game. And I say to myself, oh, it's still only a one-goal game, but you know what? The Caps still are playing all right. So we go to the third period. Good chances all around for Washington. They're looking good. They're getting their opportunities. I remember Ovi hit the post. Thomas Grice had to make a couple of big saves. Weird play in front. Just a turn, spin, shot thingy, if you will, coming from Adam Ernie. Just kind of putting the puck on net because, hey, kids, you put the puck on net, good things will happen. I'm trying to go between Babcock and Don Cherry there, but that's what happens. On net, Robbie Fabry's there, gets stopped on the first try, is able to sneak one around the right pad of Vanacek. It's 2-2, and you say to yourself, well, this is not good at all. I mean, I don't think the Capitals played a bad third period, but it's the defensive zone breakdowns of the problem. There were 10 shots apiece in the third period. The problem was, was that the Red Wings got the one goal, and the Caps did not. Thomas Grice, I think, played really good in that third period. I He made a couple of huge saves. Lars Zeller had a good look. Hendricks LaPierre had a couple of chances as well. We go to overtime, and once again, Trevor Van Riem's like on that as well down low. Feyervari out there as well. I, you can't, you got to be tough in front of your own net. Looking at that goal again, just you have to be stronger. You have to realize Fabry's there. Fabry's not a, he's not a big guy. I'm not saying he's not tough in front of the net. But Trevor Van Riemsdyk is no small individual. Let me just quick click on his profile here to give you exact his exact dimensions. He's 6'3", 191. Robbie Fabry, I think, is 5'9", 5'10", something like that. Listen, long story short, he should not be all alone in front, be able to have a couple whacks on goal. So we go to overtime. They start off Kuznetsov, Ovi, I think, was it Carlson? Was it Jensen? Nick Jensen was out there. Caps get a shot right away, but then all of a sudden the Red Wings get the puck in their second line, or second or, or maybe it was their second time through. Dylan Larkin, Mo Sider, and Lucas Raymond, who just on Sunday scored a hat trick for the Red Wings. I'm going to tell you right now, that kid's going to be captain. I know Larkin's the captain right now. I get that. Lucas Raymond's going to be the captain of this hockey club. Five years, five or six years. He had a couple of good... Had a, actually had a chance to win the game himself, but decided to try to pass it for Larkin. Great play, though, by Nick Jensen. Red Wings get the puck. They circle back, come right in. Raymond comes down the wing, a little drop back for Larkin. Larkin goes stick or glove side on Vanacek. His third of the season. OT winner, the Red Wings, 
Dare I say it, the Red Wings are 4-2-1 on the season. Well, isn't that just all fine and dandy? Listen, I'm not I'm not getting too out of sorts over the loss. I think the Capitals played okay. They didn't play great, let's be honest. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think they could have played better. They That's the thing. And Lars Eller even said it after the game. He says... The Detroit Red Wings are a good team, and he says they, he said, quote, they're a good team. They probably are better than people give them credit for. Could we have played better? Yeah. Did we play poorly? No. And that's how I feel about it as well. I I think this team could have had another gear. They had a chance to bury it. They had chances in that second period after Kuznetsov's goal. They had chances to win the game. They had chances by win. I mean, open up that lead to three or four goals. And at that point, the Red Wings would have certainly have folded. But you keep it a two-goal game, and this Red Wings team with all these fresh faces, Cider, Raymond, uh, Mitchell Stevens on there, they're just having so much fun. I mean, th- this is a team that they just love to play. They know there's no ex- there's no expectations for them. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup. They're not going to go to the playoffs. They're just going out there to have some fun, play hard, and you know what? Give teams, give teams a lot of flack. Give teams a lot of flack like this. Shoot, we saw it opening night when they played Tampa. Mo Sider's going after Victor Hedman and, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi's doing his thing again, like trying to razzle and rattle the defending Stanley Cup champs. And I, first of all, I, I think that I thought that was hilarious, but long story short, the Caps could have played better when you keep a team around like that. Even doesn't matter who, even the Coyotes who they play on Friday, you keep them around in third period. Someone has a chance of getting the goal to tie the game. So I think that's what Peter Lavitt is going to address tomorrow. Like I said, they have Friday, and then they have a couple days off before a game on Monday when they take on a pretty darn good hockey, well, on paper, a darn good hockey club, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are in a little bit of trouble here as they're, they're without Nikita Kucherov now for eight to ten weeks after going uh, to going under the knife, had a successful surgery for a lower body injury that he suffered against the Capitals. So we'll just have to... Keep our eyes and ears on that moving forward, but that'll be the game Monday, Friday, Arizona, like I said. Quickly, we'll, uh, we're going to touch on here in just a little bit, Henrik Slapier and Connor McMichael. We're going to talk about who, which rookie is in, which rookie stays, at least as of right now. Something we're going to certainly keep our eyes on as we move forward. But I got to tell you guys, the season is back, and with a new web interface for the start of the basketball and football season and hockey season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the action this season. Head to the new updated desktop for mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From the NHL to basketball, football, baseball, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, this is something, like I said, we touched on for the last couple of days with both Samantha Pell and John Walton. And also we touched on it as well prior to the season with John Walton. Hendrix LaPierre and Connor McMichael. The two guys, we're wondering who, who gets into the lineup. Who finds their way to be a full-time NHLer with Nicholas Backstrom out of the lineup? You know, after that first game, of course, everyone on the Hendrix LaPierre train, he scores his first goal in his first game, was interrupted by Wayne Gretzky, but that's okay. 
I, in the moment, of course, with TJ Oshie, even I think we threw out the Twitter hashtag, hashtag Lappy for Calder because he was on an 82 goal pace. Okay, well, that didn't quite go as well. Uh, he, as the games wore on, his minutes started to diminish a little bit, was out for a couple of games. Connor McMichael came on in. And then I think we really saw what we thought was a real big telling point against Ottawa on Monday. McMichael gets two assists on a couple of TJ Oshie goals, part of his hat trick. And you thought, man, he's looking really good. His first two points. And the crazy part was looking at it post game, LaPierre played half the minutes of Connor McMichael. Michael, I think, played like 1430 something between 14 and a half and 15 minutes. And Hendricks LaPierre played a little over seven. I said to myself, man, that's that's not good because Listen, I, I am all for having kids on the ice. I love youth movements for teams, so I'm, I may be a little bit biased here. Looking at the numbers tonight, a little bit less. Now, McMichael did not have a good game. By tonight, I mean last night, sorry, against Detroit. He did not have a good game. Was minus two out there for both goals in regulation. The minutes were a little bit closer. Eight minutes for LaPierre, 11-17 for McMichael. I just think that's because how the Lions were being shifted around as the third period kind of came around when it was a one-goal game. I think McMichael, after kind of a rough, I'd say, what, 10 minutes, I believe he got probably glued to the bench for the remainder of the third period. Defensively, yes, McMichael's going to have some growing pains, but so will Lapierre. I don't think anyone's really going to question that. But I, The crazy thing is, I think what may have given Lapierre an opportunity, or at least a second look here by Laviolette, was the fact that he had a couple of shots on goal in that third period, had a couple looks in one of his shifts. And that's just one thing that I like to see in a youngster. Cause it, it looked like a little bit of a rush backhand was his best chance on Grice. And, you know, you think, Oh, if he's a veteran, he may look for another option, but I think he was the only guy out there. He just turned and fired it on goal. And you know what? I like that. And he also tried to get a uh, pass across on a two on two. And you could see he was trying to be creative. And that's what Lapierre is going to bring to the table. He, He's going to be a guy that will odds are will get kind of left to the outside because he's not a guy that's going to play bottom six on your hockey club. He's going to be a guy that's eventually going to come down the line and be a top tier playmaker. That's, I think, the big thing is because you put those guys, you try to make them grinders. I mean, maybe he develops into that, but that's what he's brought out of junior creativity, skill, playmaking abilities. That's why I figured he was going to be the perfect guy to show that he can be the one to replace Backstrom. Now, Connor McMichael, I think, has played well because Connor McMichael, very balanced attack. London Knight, former London Knight, Connor McMichael, World Junior Championship veteran. He is a guy that I, he just seems like he has more of the tools now, more than LaPierre. And that's why when we talk with both Samantha and John Walton in particular about him, there's a good chance that McMichael's more developed physically, his body, and he's played a little bit longer in the junior game and has shown that he can be successful in the junior game. I'm not saying LaPierre isn't. I just think that McMichael has more of the winning pedigree in junior. Now, granted, once again, Hendricks LaPierre plays for Shakutami, who really has not done a whole lot of winning in the QMJHL for a long time. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Now, as of right now, as I quickly click on his stats, because remember, if you play 10 games, you lose one year of your entry-level contract. So far, he has only played in three games, or four games now, excuse me. They looked at one thing and saw the other. So he played in four games. His only point 
was against was the goal against the Rangers. Now here's the kicker, and here's one thing I like to see is the fact that while he has played sparingly throughout his first four games as an NHLer, he has not been on the he's not been on for a plus minus. If I'm not mistaken, he has not been hit with a minus yet. Now, once again, when you play limited minutes, your job out there is to make sure you don't get scored on. Your job is to make sure that you just simply pass the time away until the top two lines are rested and ready to go. And so far, he's shown that he can do that. Now, Grant McMichael has been kind of thrown in towards the top six, asked to play a bigger role, hence why he's playing out against the other team's top lines more often than LaPierre. And that's where I think McMichael has the edge because clearly Peter Laviolette and his staff and management have the have the confidence in McMichael to be an NHLer now, au contraire to LaPierre. Now, I'm not saying LaPierre is not going to be an NHLer down the line, or at least a full-time NHLer. They do have some time, obviously, and I think you're going to kind of see a continuing, if they can cycle LaPierre in and out of the lineup, even though I think for the best of his development is to get him playing. Because you can easily work it out where he goes every other game. I expect him to be in the lineup on Friday against Arizona. That said, the longer you keep him playing less minutes, and while the experience of playing in the NHL is going to be important for him down the line, if you really want to get him going and continue to develop as a player, feel free. Feel free to have him go back to junior hockey. Alexi Lafreniere, and now I know his his numbers in New York have not been great since he came into the league, but he could have been drafted in the NHL. I think had he, I think it was what a couple days older. Yeah, he would have been in the NHL. He would have been drafted in twenty. Well, I can't think of it now. Was it twenty nineteen? Was he drafted? He could have been drafted in twenty eighteen. But he was such a good player, and I remember I said to myself, if he gets drafted now. He would be in the NHL and he could be a great, he could be an okay player. He sat out a year or stayed one more year in junior with Ramuski, ended up being a big part of that team's success in the playoffs. Didn't obviously make it all the way, but he was really good that year for the Oceanic and it helped him develop one more year. And that's what these kids, you want to give them one more year of maturity. That's why you see a lot of kids, even if they go to college for only one year, if they're a college commit, Cole Caulfield, Dylan Larkins, another example. Jacob Truba for the New York Rangers is another. Jack Eichel was only one year at Boston University. Those guys that go for one year, develop, get the body a little bit more mature, a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, and then go to the NHL, and they're one of the best players on their team. So now junior hockey is a little bit different from college, but you know my point that I'm trying to make here. So we'll see what Ryan McClellan and Pierre Laviolette do with LaPierre. Obviously, a few more games to decide that because Backstrom is still nowhere near coming back to the lineup. Now, we'll get to the cool caps of the night a little bit. We'll also go over some of the scores from last night and the games that are on tap tonight for this Thursday night. But I got to tell you guys that this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for you to go to your local auto chain parts store and stock all the parts that you need. Because why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain or a car dealership? Rock Auto has a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck or other vehicle. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's hit the cool caps here of the game last night against the Detroit Red Wings. I know I've said tonight, it's pretty obvious I was recording this after the game. But first of all, I want to do, I want to say Lars Eller, mainly because of the fact I know we kind of talked about the Samantha Pell. He had not had the best couple of games. Uh, by the way, I just saw a tweet from Tariq Al-Bashir, who writes for The Athletic. Ovechkin played a season high 24 minutes and 10 seconds tonight. Dang. Then again, he played like the first two minutes of overtime, too. Anyways, Eller, because we'll get to Ovi in a second. Eller, his third assist, had a lot of great chances. I think he played a real good game tonight, guys. I, I think, I'm not saying this is him turning a corner for the better, but he just looked more confident tonight. Obviously, getting that assist on the power play, I think, really helped. But it's going to help him build. Sometimes you just get one point here or there or a couple of good looks on a shift. It builds your confidence. Even a veteran like Eller knows that. So I'm excited to see what he does here moving forward. I loved Kuznetsov's game once again. Um, that one high, that weird high stick when uh, Larkin was trying to get a stick off the bench. That was kind of funny. Good thing Kuznetsov was okay. Nothing really bad happened to him. But gets his fifth of the season. He's still red hot right now offensively. And, of course, our first cool cap of the night. Alexander Ovechkin, the grade eight, scoring number eight on the power play from the left wing, the weak side of the power play. Who would have thought? Seriously, what's the number on that? There's got to be a number on power play goals from the left wing, from that face-off circle or from that side of the ice for Alexander Ovechkin. It's got to be a huge number. It's got to be like, he scored 738 now. I'm going to say 522. No, maybe, okay, maybe it's a little too high. But I feel like there's got to be a number of how many power play goals that he has scored from that side of the ice. I feel like he scored power play goals from the other side too, like coming down the wing or something. But I just, I feel like it's an extraordinary number from that side of the ice. Just because we talk about it all the time. There's that one-timer. It's coming. It's right there. You see it coming. He's standing over there, and it's in the back of the net. This one was not as clean tonight, but you know what? You all saw it coming, regardless. So, yeah, tough one for the Caps, though. They do fall to 4-0-3, but those are cool Caps of the night. Let's get to the scores. have a couple of finals while I'm recording this. The stupid Florida Panthers win 4-1 over the Boston Bruins. Yes, I'm saying stupid because of the lack of decision they made prior to the game tonight. I already gave my piece on it. They are now 7-0 on the year. The Toronto Maple Leafs erase a two-goal deficit to the Chicago Blackhawks and now improved a 3-4-1 Willie Nylander, the OT winner. The Blacks, Blackhawks are still winless, 0-5-2 now. Problems on and off the ice in the Windy City. Uh, other games that were going on at the time of this, Vegas and Dallas. Uh, Dallas outplaying Vegas like crazy, only the 2-1 in the third period. Philadelphia and Edmonton had just gotten started up in Alberta. Games tonight. Arizona Coyotes, they'll be the first half of their back-to-back. They are taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, the 500 Tampa Bay Lightning. Calgary, the Red Hot Flames, haha, that's hilarious, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins over at PPG Paints Arena. Boston visiting the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes, the Colorado Avalanche visiting the undefeated St. Louis Blues still. Vancouver hosting Philadelphia. Buffalo travels down to Anaheim to take on the Ducks. Minnesota taking on the Kraken or coming off their second win of their franchise's history. The Winnipeg Jets going down to sunny Los Angeles. Well, it may be sunny. I don't know. That's usually what I think about California. Winnipeg trying to improve on their 3-2-1 record. Montreal looking for their second win of the season as they are in their Death Valley trip in California taking on the San Jose Sharks. That's the nightcap. The 4-2 Sharks. Montreal trying to bounce back after... 
San Jose was in there earlier on this season, beating Montreal at Stantre Bell. Those are the scores of tonight's slate of games. Tomorrow's show will obviously be previewing the matchup with the Arizona Coyotes. And so for all of you Coyotes fans that may be tuning into this by accident, well, first of all, uh, I'll try to find the positives. Like, Arizona's not destructively awful. But the way that the Buffalo Sabres have started, Shane Wright may be another year. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not going to say this is a full Trevor Lawrence deal where he may or may not go into the draft. But listen, Shane Wright's going number one this year. Knock on wood, barring some catastrophe. Knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But Arizona is a dumpster fire right now, and obviously they have been eclipsed by the Chicago Blackhawks in the last 24 hours. However, Arizona's not great either. So. We'll talk about the game, the game that's going to happen tomorrow on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Capitals. Thank you, folks, for always making Locked on Capitals your first listen today and every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scotty Cullen uses his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league, free and available like this show on all platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCaps on the Twitter. Follow me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, on Twitter and Instagram at TJKU29. If you want to hear more takes about hockey, because I think I'm kind of funny at times. Look at that. My phone just died. It's definitely the end of the night here on this Wednesday evening. Thursday, where you guys are listening right now. Obviously, like I say, tomorrow being Friday, because I'm trying to be up to date with you guys, even though it's been a very hybrid approach to that as you've been listening here to Lockdown Capitals. Thank you very much for once once again for listening. I'm going to go to sleep. I will see you all on Friday.